Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature themes, ogres and loincloths, spirit detectives, demon tournaments, and King Enma. Listener discretion is advised.
1996. Yusuke Urameshi, delinquent or savior? So, welcome to another edition of the Spirekin Manga Review. I'm your Hosan, and with me today... I'm Fightbait of the Fightbait Anime Podcast, www.fightbait.com. And also host of Whiskey Thursday, and also Anime 3000's Anime Editor, I, I think? guess that's true. That's true. If anybody wants to write anime reviews, send them to fightbait at gmail.com. If I like what you write, then you may have a job that doesn't pay. But there, there's room for getting review copies of things, and that is cool. And that's why you do this, because we don't get paid as podcasters. Or yeah. if we do, well, I haven't seen a check yet. Yeah, somewhere. for real. So, pretty much, for those of you who are new, welcome. For those of you who don't know, Spyrokin is a site that provides information and reviews about manga. Pretty much every episode, I'll review one to two taco bonds of, or volumes of a series and give you a little bit of information. That way you don't go to the bookstore and say, hey, this manga looks really cool, and you pick it up and it sucks. Me and my various co-hosts who are on different episodes will give you some information. That way, you know, you don't have to. And we'll just, if you don't agree with us, just email us, tell us whatever the fuck you think, spirekin at gmail.com, or you can check us out at spirekin.podbean.com. Also, before I forget, our supplemental episodes are on Saturdays, and the newest one is going to be covering number 20 through 11 of the top 50 anime opening, closings, background musics of all time, according to various people I've polled. And everyone's wondering, what's going to be number one? We'll see. Oh, man, I'm just imagining you polling somebody. Ah, polling. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> double entendre. Oh, Oh, yeah. I'll double your entendre. No. No. No, no, we'll save that for later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. Anyway, we're getting a little too risky for usual, because some people are like, but wait, I never used the explicit tag, so no problem. We'll just go fucking crazy today. So anyway, I have two news things. Pretty much, I'm just going to go quick through them. The first one kind of sucks. It's, well, not sucks. It's actually pretty cool for my friend Tim. It is that the... Berserk Manga, the creator of Berserk, is getting off his lazy ass. Kentaro Miroi, he's been on a break since <laughs> December 24th, and he's coming back to work on the fucking manga, so eventually we'll get to a fucking conclusion. Maybe. I don't think it's ever gonna fucking happen. <sighs> Not with that series. Oh, uh, Berserk, you are something else. You are beautifully drawn, and also gorgeously offensive. But that's why I love you. And that's why you have to come back and make more, and that way we can buy more and sink more money into this very violent and anti-social. Well, for people that have never read Berserk, this manga, not even a... It gets right to the point. The first page of this manga has the main character having sex with a demon. And you know what you're in for at that point. Do you think that he studied under Koike? I don't, I don't think so. I, I think these why. are I the... two entirely different demons. I know, but I have just the vibe of just Koike for some reason. I don't know why. But... I feel like Mira's narrative is too cohesive to have been somebody who studied under Koike. Mm, you have a point. So, for those who don't know, Dark Horse is releasing the next one this month, and just, he's back from Berserk. Other one is a little bit more interesting and one I'm happy about. As I said earlier, Romiko Takahashi, she has a new work coming out. They're telling us what the hell it's called and what it's about. And I won't say any more until the actual manga comes out, I promise. So, the title is Kyoki no Rine. It's about a girl who sees ghosts. Kind of a bleach rip-off, apparently. Interesting is that you're not going to have to wait 
a million years to get this over here because Viz is planning on releasing it later this year. And that's because it's made by the creator of Inuyasha. Well, and to a lesser extent, Ranma, and Ursae Yatsura, and Mason Ikoku, and One Pound Gospel. And, <laughs> and everything else. And it's Mermaid Scar. And, no. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. She's a Koike. Was it, she was the apprentice? Yeah, she, she trained under Koike for a while. And it's... It's it's not as apparent, but I feel like... Because she's got the same, like, okay, this is our plot. Now let's do a bunch of random shit on the way to go do it. And sometimes they lose track of what that plot was. But that's Pretty okay. Much. And she always has a small a character who gets smaller and smaller every version of her series. And you had Cherry and Yuritsai at Sura, you had Haposai and Ranma, and then you had... um. The hell was the flea's Shippo? name? And, oh, yeah. uh, Miyuga. Miyoga. Yeah, Mi- Miyoga. So it's getting progressively smaller. So I wonder who the perverted character in this series is going to be. In ha- What's he going to be? An Adam? <laughs> when you touch me, <laughs> I vibrate really fast. That makes me happy. I'm an amoeba. Oh, well, that's all there is for news. I mean, there's other news. Something about Yowie or Yuri being removed from Amazon.com searches and some other crap, but that's not what you're here for. You're here to hear us review about manga, and you're wondering what the hell we're reviewing for this, the 46th episode of the Spark and Manga Review. And I left it as a surprise, because I knew that Fight would definitely be pleased with this. When I told him, he said, I have to be on this episode. Yeah, there was no question I'm required to be on this episode, because this, well, it's more the anime for me, but this manga is essentially the reason why I'm here right now. It's inspired a lot of people, and in my opinion, and in a lot of other people's opinion, this was better than the other show, which was shown on its time slot. Well, yeah, yeah this show and DBZ, I believe, they ran a, at least a similar time, and it's it's the common opinion that the one we're talking about is far superior, because it doesn't stray off topic like DBZ does, and... Interestingly enough, when they had popularity contests with characters, characters from this show often did better than characters from DBZ. And the only complaint about this series is that this one gives you a lot of ammo for Yowie. Well... Jinchis. A lot of ammo <laughs> for Yowie. Yeah, but they, they, they seem to be doing that on purpose these days. But what are we talking about, Zon? Pretty much we're talking about one of the greatest mangas from 1990 by Yoshihiro Tagashi. I'm talking about that one. That only. Poltergeist Yu- Report? No. <laughs> no, yes. No. Yu Hakusho, or in the Funimation dub, Ghost Files. Yeah, yeah. See, Tagashi is married to the person that did Sailor Moon. I know it's kind of non-sequitur to say this, but you could also argue that it's, it's one of the most important things you'll learn in your entire life. Think Pretty about much. It. Two most popular shows in the 90s. They oh, married. Yeah. And eventually they will make an anime, which will be the perfect anime. Well, that's, that will be something. That's assuming the son of a bitch ever gets off his ass and finishes Hunter x Hunter. This dude... See, I've not read any of Hunter x Hunter, but I'm hesitant to, because he goes on breaks as often as Miura seems to. But... He's done a few other things. I I think Level E as well. Yeah, and he's also done Church, which is a doujinshi series, which is kind of cool, because you never hear about the main artists doing doujinshis, but... Well, most of them start out doing doujins. Like, I was just on Miura's page, and he started out doing that, and, like, Clamp was a doujin circle. And even, like, well-established people like Yoshitoshi Abe, 
they still make doujins because all that is a lot of people misunderstand it's just self-published work it doesn't necessarily have to be a parody or anything it's just self-published but 90% of it is porn well 90% of what we get is porn I I don't know what the actual percentage would be but a lot of it is pornographic in nature well, one day, you and me, we have to go to a comic cat in Japan and look at the doujin and see what the hell it is. Yeah. Jeez. I Any think years. first step is getting to New York. Or me getting to Minnesota. But we'll uh, see. I wouldn't suggest that. But anyway. Eh, I have to make a stop off. But okay, so. You, you, Hawker Show. Basic information. It's been released by Viz Media. There are 19 volumes and 175 chapters, and this has won a shitload of awards. So, It also runs in the monthly Shonen Jump over here. It does. It's still coming out, which is weird. but <laughs> It does fairly well. It does, because it's a good show and it's very entertaining. And the fact is, it's awesome, because this is the first... Well, this is before Exo Saga did this, because they ripped this off directly from this. This is the first manga where the main character dies within two pages. Oh, is it the first one? It is interesting that it happens. No, because the second page, he the first page is when he's hit by the car. Well, no, no, I, I do not deny that. I'm saying whether it was the first show to do that. Uh, I don't know, maybe? Kind of? It might have been. I mean, we're not talking about, like, Richie Rich or, some, or Casper or some shit like that, yeah. where it's like, the character's a ghost for the entire thing. Yeah. No, I do not doubt it, because this show is, I don't know, it is something else. Well, it's uh, pretty much a shonen sci-fi fantasy martial arts thing. Very formulaic, but awesome. So what can we say about the main character? Let's start off with that. <laughs> Yusuke Yurameshi is... Well, see, it's it's argued whether he actually is a delinquent. I think he just skips school a lot. But he seems to be feared by everybody. Like, the first episode of the show, uh, I being the one covering the show more than the manga, there... Like, these characters are like, oh my god, not the great Yurameshi, I hear he could get a gang of a hundred people just by whistling, and, like, you got other characters using his name to scare people into giving them his wa- their wallets, and he's not liked very much around his school, except by his childhood friend Keiko. Yes, childhood friend with quotation marks. Yeah. And... In the manga, he's a little bit more of a delinquent, but not as much. The same thing as you wonder if he's as bad as you think he is, because he, you know, he's got this huge rep, but all he really does is you see him drinking and smoking. Well, he gets a drinking from his mom, which there's a whole other yeah. issue we were yeah. debating about, but if his mom was, if he's a son of a John or not. Uh, yeah, I, f- I forgot that he smokes in the manga, because there is a scene later on where they, they had another character smoking because the cigarette was plot relevant. They also cut out the fact of the enemy that he's a huge pickpocket. Oh, is he? See, yeah. I, I haven't read all of the manga. Later on, he has to fight that tranny. Oh, in, yeah. In the anime, he looks under the skirt, and the actual thing he says, with my pickpocketing skills, I was able to feel her up and then feel the bottom. I was like, oh, God. Oh, he, he did that in the anime as well, Zon. Why? Yeah, dude, he totally felt that tranny's balls. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, so pretty much he's this guy who, uh, well, Ray Kai or the Underworld felt that he was going to go straight to hell because he wasn't a good person. He's rude and crude and not a nice person, and he does a selfless act. He saves this little stupid kid who's playing with a ball after he says, Don't play with a ball on the street. Yeah, well, see, the episode, it starts off in a very... 
Well, like, we were just talking on my show a few weeks ago, the disjointed, like, Tarantino style, where they show you what happens, but then they show you what leads up to it. And, like, he just meets this kid along the road after cutting class, and he's playing with this ball, and it's, like, going in the street, and he's like, what, what are you doing, stupid kid? You, you gotta not play with your ball on the road. That's You're gonna get hurt. And so then, you know, does a couple silly faces and just walks away, and he looks out the corner of his eye, and the kid's playing with his ball on the road again. He's like, ah, stupid kids don't learn. Then he hears this car just kind of speeding by, and he's like, oh, shit, and he runs out, pushes the kid out of the way, and he ends up dying in the process. Yeah, Yusuke, not the kid. Yes, and the kid is all crying and sad, and then he just realizes after floating around, he's like, oh, shit, I'm dead. Yeah. And here very annoying. Bingo, bingo, bingo. But this the Grim is, Reaper doesn't say bingo. That's what he says. <laughs> and this is the second character, his quote-unquote assistant later on, Botan. Oh, Botan. You know, my favorite part about Botan is how how quickly she's dropped by Kuwabara once he notices Hiei's sister. Because <laughs> he was all about some Botan right away. But then, I don't oh. know, Ice Maiden Girl comes out of nowhere. He's like, eh, who needs Botan anyway? We forgot to describe Kuwabara and the other character. We'll get to them. So Botan is pretty much this happy-go-lucky... Well, she's the guide to the underworld. In Japanese mythology, what happens is that the Shinigami will show up and take you down the equivalent of the River Styx to the underworld where you will be judged by King Emma and he will pretty much either send you to paradise or he's going to condemn you to burn for all eternity. Yeah, but in this show, King Emma's a pretty busy guy, so he has his son do most of the paperwork. Who is the best character in the series? Because <laughs> he's lazy and strange, but Botan's there because the uh, Kami didn't think that Yusuke would do this, so he's well, like, you get a chance to come back to life. It, it's funny because... They say that if he hadn't have jumped out of the way, the boy still would have survived because the car would have swerved and he would have actually escaped with a couple less scratches. And so Yusuke essentially died for no reason. Yes, but because he did a good deed, they're saying, we'll give you a pass. But you have to do what we say, and he's, first off, he's like, I don't want to do this, I'll just stay as a ghost for all eternity. And he goes to his own funeral, which not a lot of people could say they've done, unless you faked your own death. Yeah. Well, this is one of the reasons why I love this show so much. In the first episode, you have a scene so powerful that it can drive you to tears. And there are not many shows that can do that. It's like, you don't even know who these characters are, but it's just like, you see them all mourning this kid who, you know, he's not even, what is he, 15 when the show opens? Yeah, he was 15, and you see how some of the kids are making fun of the situation. You have some of the teachers, this one prick teacher who should be killed, is saying, it's a good thing he died, because the school, now more kids will come. But it's like there are so few shows I've watched that have had such an impact on me, and if even watching this episode today, like I've seen this one a dozen times, it still gets to me. And the only, it's shameful, but the only other show I can think of that has done that to me is Naruto. And unfortunately, Naruto did not live up to that first episode. But it's just, like, so sad what happens. Pretty much what happens is three people are positive, or not positive, they're reacting correctly to the situation. The first one is this girl, Keiko, who is a childhood friend who you get that she's in love with him and she feels really bad and she's really upset about the situation. That's a given. The next character is the stereotypical rival character, 
Kuwabara, who, well, he is this constantly wants to beat up Yusuke, but Yusuke kicks his ass, and he actually is kind of like, you get out of that casket and and tell and fight me. Yeah. I was supposed to kill you. It is shocking how upset Kuwabara is, and I feel like that is one of the things that makes it such an emotional scene because, you know, his biggest enemy, or at least uh, Kuwabara would like to think that he is Yusuke's biggest rival, is just so distraught. He is he's more hysterical than even Yusuke's mother. And I like that his friends are like, oh, oh we're sorry, we're sorry, he's yeah. making a scene. Yeah, they're just like, it's it's sorry, you know, come on, Kuwabara. And even just talking about it right now is kind of choking me up. No, so it, it is, it is. And the one which does it is the next one is his teacher, um, Tanaka-san, who you see him, he just sits down, he does a typical bow, and he goes to the shrine, he's like, I can't believe that you died for a kid, Yusuke, but I can't really condone what you've done. You, yeah. You could have been so uh, much like, more. Yes, and I'm starting to tear up now, ironically, because <laughs> in the scene which will make you, in the manga or in the anime, which makes you tear up, is just the reaction of his mother, who he said, because his mom's a drunk and an alcoholic, and like we said, she's possibly a, a whore. Yeah, connections, obviously, but... You see her just the entire time she's been kind of, you get out, do whatever, and been kind of lazy, and you see her just break down, and it's just one of those scenes where you're just like, what? Well, and I feel like the cherry on the cake is the little boy who has no idea what's going on. He's like, hey mom, why, why, why can't he play with me? Why are all these people sad? That guy's really cool. He made a bunch of funny faces, and the mom just doesn't have the heart to tell him. Yeah, and the manga she kind of says like he he just want he's he's sick and he's not going to wake up. Yeah, and she it starts is, crying and the kid starts crying. It's it's sad. It is. Yeah, and this is all the first episode. So like we're not I mean in the scope of the series, you know, 112 episodes or like nearly 20 volumes of manga to spoil the entirety of the first episode is not going to ruin the show because it almost you you don't even need to watch the first episode to get the show. But the first couple episodes are what makes this show on the first couple well, of yeah. chapters. It starts off very strong. And I, I think he goes through a lot more tests in the manga. Uh, yeah, a lot more. Well, we'll get into the tests in a minute. But there's a lot more. It's As opposed to episode 5, it's chapter 26 when he... Well, we'll get into that. So It's, it's 20 chapters, really? Oh my god. chapters difference. That is like over a season. That is like a couple months. Yeah. Jeez. Yep. So pretty much he after seeing his family and friends crying, he says, Okay, Botan, we'll go. So he goes down Sanzo River and he ends up at the headquarters of the underworld, which you think it's this big scary monolithic place. And you see her enter the room and you see these two ogres running at each other and you're like, Oh, oh the ogres. <laughs> And then you just see, it's like a stock exchange. They're running around with papers and cell phones and just filling out forms. But there's still ogres in loincloths, and it's brilliant. It is. And then you meet, of course, who we said before, King Enma's son, Koenma, who is a perpetual child who has a bobo in his mouth, a pacifier. Oh, and man. pretty much the boss, and he's an adult, so it's kind of funny. You just see this little kid acting as the boss... And he says, after Yusuke makes fun of him, he's like, here's the deal. You can come back to life if you can, if you make this egg hatch. And gives him an egg. 
which is the egg of a yokai monster. If he does good things, the egg will turn into an angel and he can go back to live. If he does bad things, a monster will come out and eat his soul. <laughs> yeah, which That's is the- not exactly a good thing if you I enjoy know. having a soul. And this is, and he's right now a soul, so he would die. Yeah, this again. The series diverges completely, because as we said, in the manga, he has several trials to go through. It's a lot more extended, a lot of characters who are introduced are introduced differently, and in the anime it's only five things that he's done. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know if it's four episodes long. It's They get right to the action in the anime, which I think is to its benefit, because... At least with the American DVD release, the first DVD, and then you're right there. And so they, I don't know, it was done very well, I think. Because it's cool to read it in the manga, but to just watch, you know, 15 episodes of him helping like a tanuki and doing, I don't know, all the other stuff that he did, it, I don't well, know. The only things I would have kept were the tanuki and the little girl. Because that actually worked, but they didn't. They just merged that together. The Tanuki episode they just took out. It's because there's this old man who's dying, and when he was younger, a Tanuki, he helped him with his grandson, the guy's grand. It's a very touching thing. But anyway, so after all these trials, he has a chance to resurrect himself, and, well. He fails because he throws his egg. Well, what happens is his house starts on fire because during this whole ordeal, somehow it's relayed to his family that he's coming back and they need to keep his body okay. Well, his house ends up catching on fire. And so Keiko, who's been watching over him the entire time, is like, oh crap, Yusuke's in there. So she runs in there to get him, but then the fire like blocks the door and Yusuke's watching it. He's like, what's the point in coming back if one of the most important people in my life is going to have to die? And so... I think Koenma or Botan was like, well, all that energy in your spirit egg, if you throw it in there, it'll part the fire, much like the Red Sea. And he's like, well, I'm doing it. And so he ends up saving Keiko. His body gets saved, but it's like, what's the point, you know? In the manga, it's a little different. It's pretty much the deal with the devil. Koenma says, I'll get her out of there, but you have to do me a favor. Oh, see, okay. And the favor is the whole, you can't come back. But he does, and it's a whole selfless test. And, long story short, he has to be brought back to life with a kiss. Yeah, well, because, like, something with, like, the wavelength in his body, they said something like, it. I don't know, it's, it's kind of a deus ex machina thing, like, oh, well, it just happens to be that perfect time of year, and if we get her to kiss you on this day, which is happening in sometime next week, You'll be okay, but if she messes up, it won't be for another 50 years. But and as you can guess, of course, she oh, kisses Horace, and he comes back. And this is where it turns into the stereotypical Shonen series, which has the wash, rinse, repeat of find obstacle, kind of get beaten by the obstacle, kill obstacle, and then everything works out, and then recycle it all over again. Well, see, this is one of the, the earlier shows to do that, though. So it wasn't as grating yet. There were a few shows that came before it. Fist of the North Star and, I don't know, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which didn't really get an anime. But Shonen Fighting was not... I mean, like, it was there, but like shows like Yu Yu Hakusho and DBZ is what popularized it. And so now it's very like, oh, another one of those shows, but... You're, you're right, and this is the first which started that formula... 
used in mangas and animes, and that's what makes it what it is. And, and unfortunately, it didn't share the same popularity over here because DBZ ended up coming over here first and kind of, like, it had some trouble in the beginning, but it eventually got an after-school spot, and it kind of cemented its place in the heart of all these young people watching cartoons after school, and Yu Yu Hakusho ended up starting out on Adult Swim. And it did, you know, it was good, but it didn't get that same viewer base, and so they moved it over to Toonami, but it was already too late. People were already into DBZ, and, you know, it had its run, but then it was moved again, and again, and again, and they ended up broadcasting the entirety of the series, but it just, its time slot got shifted so many times that it ended up being detrimental to the series. Like, I think it finished its run at a 5 a.m. slot. It was, and it's a shame, because it was, it's a better series than Dragon Ball Z. It's more cohesive, easier to follow. It's shorter. There's no filler. I mean, technically there might be, because I don't think they finished the manga, but it's like, even the DVDs are cheaper. You can get the entire series at retail price for a hundred dollars. That is less than a dollar. All four. Well, yeah, because you got you got it on sale during the Best Buy thing. But if you paid normal price for this, you would pay less than a dollar an episode, and that is unheard of. Pretty much, and this is worth buying. You you can guess what we're gonna give this. So we're yeah. Not gonna- we're not going to... It depends, because if you are, you know, the type of person into, like, oh, I really like Cowboy Bebop and Bacchino and, I don't know, like, Mad Bull and, like, I don't know, just, like, I'm trying to think of, like, more adult taste. If you're not into shonen fighting anime, you're not going to like it, because it's another shonen fighting anime. But in the genre, it is one of the best ones you could watch. So if you're a fan of that type of series, you will love this show. I, I almost guarantee it. People that I know that watch DBZ first and then watch this shun DBZ now. They're like, wow, this show is so much better. Like I said, I saw it as a bootleg, and I loved the show. And It was six years before it came out, and I said, this show is going to be big. And my friend's like, no, this show is going to suck. It's going to suck. It comes out in the States. Hey, you hear about this cool show? Uh, Yeah, I showed it to you like five years ago. Yeah. Then I pull out the VHS. Yeah. Uh, bullshitting you? See, it, it did have its its run. But it's, I think Funimation was really hoping to hit it big again. Because it is, if you list this show, even the most casual of fans from five years ago will know what you're talking about, but not nearly as many of them as DBZ. But, I don't know. So, because we could go, both of us could talk about this forever and ever, we're just going to go skip the whole thing, and we'll just talk about some of the characters, and then we'll just go into what our favorite arcs were. Because we could go on for this forever. We could... I could give a quick rundown on the arcs if you want. Um, it wouldn't like it would be maybe five minutes. Well, it goes into different arcs for each set because once it splits off and diverts, because the endings are completely different. Yeah. Because does Genkai die in the anime? Oh yeah. Also spoilers. <laughs> yeah, well, but spoilers know, the don't matter. I say they're spoilers. So okay. At this point, so that was kind of a big deal. <laughs> Well, happens way later in the... Yeah, yeah. But the ending on the anime has what happens to him, like, was it 100 years later? I think so. Well, how do, have you read the ending of the manga? Yeah, the ending is it's actually at the at the funeral of Genkai. For those who don't know, Genkai is Yusuke's teacher. Wait, she it's dies her- again? Yeah, she... Anyway, so Genkai is the 
aged Reikai fighter who she trains him in the Reikohoka Ken spirit wave technique, and she's pretty much stereotypical old bitch. Yeah, who in the anime is played by the same voice actor of Frieza, which is why I could never enjoy the Frieza saga, because all I heard was Genkai. It's like, bonehead! <laughs> yeah, well, because Genkai's an old woman, and Frieza's supposed to be like a badass dude, and so I just see old woman when I watch the Frieza saga. I know, so did I when I watched it. I was like, that sounds like a woman. Why is it a woman? So anyway, so the last thing is you find out what, in the last big story arc, he had a choice of pushing between two buttons on this great doomsday device. What happened was that Reikai got taken over by these religious zealots. He had to choose between a red button and a blue button, and he didn't tell anyone what happened. So they have the funeral, and afterwards... They're wondering, well, what happened? Why was it so important? And Kuwabra takes Keiko aside and says, well, listen, he chose blue. He didn't choose red. He didn't. He told us because he was freaked out afterwards, but he said that he chose it because they can have their god, but I have my goddess, and that's what guides me. And, of course, since blue is her favorite color, it's signifying that he's in love with her, blah, blah, blah. Ooh. It ends where, you know, splash, splash, and you see just typical seven pictures of just they're just big art of what they're doing with their life in various ways and it's got a nice little ending and they got the whole area which Genki, Genkai owned this huge like seven miles of land that she owned and they split it up huh yeah see I I stopped buying Shonen Jump before they were able to finish the run of Yu Yu Hakusho mm-hmm. because the magazine was not that impressive and I don't know if they've finished the American run of the manga just yet. I think they're on, like, volume 17. No, it's out. 19's out. I saw it. Is it? Oh. It's a- okay. It's been released finally. Shit. I might have to pick that up, because I've always wondered how the manga ended, but I could it's never kind of- find it. But, um, it's cool. That is, what is it? The first story arc, which is the same, is this after the whole death of Yusuke is the spirit detective when he just becomes a spirit detective and introduces his two extra partners. Kurama and Hiei. Who are the stars of many a yaoi. Yeah. Well, that was the character I was talking about when I said sometimes it beat out DBZ characters. Kurama was a very, very much loved character. And, I mean, it kind of looks like a chick. It does, but, you know, Kurama's a cool character. He a stereotypical angry man. He is a badass. He is, but he just... He becomes a teddy bear halfway through the series, which kind of sucks. Because <laughs> he, he's so just, I'm going to kill you. And then he's just like, oh, okay, I'll do whatever. I don't... <laughs> well, with the exception of the introduction of two more characters... The first season or arc is really just the getting to know the characters. They do a couple shorter missions. You know, there's like the Beast of Mace Castle is a bit longer, but it's mostly just tiny little isolated incidents. And then there's one that it's seemingly throwaway at first, but then the, the main character of that little mission comes back. That was the Genkai? No, that's that's when they have to fight the Taguro brothers. Oh yeah, Taguro brothers because it's saving Hiei's sister. So after the Taguro brothers, you have the Dark Tournament, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean it's your typical tournament thing in an anime. It's I think about thirty or fifty episodes long, but it's no dragged out fights. Most of them take one or two episodes, and the ones that do take two episodes is because it's Yusuke. And 
the final fight takes, I think, three or four, and probably a dozen chapters of manga, but it's the final fight. You've been waiting this entire time to lead up to this fight. It, you know, make it good. And I think it was very well done. You, you get to see a lot of sweet fights, a lot of cool moves. The characters that they introduce are so diverse and just have so many different powers that it's, it's, it's a really cool thing. Yes, this was the beginning of the whole, we're going to have tournaments with several unique characters and long arcs. This was followed in another series, which the director of the anime made also. Yeah. One of my favorites, Flame of Rekka, had the same thing where there's a, there's a tournament and you had all the different characters who were different. And you had the fact that you had the one where they, part of the team got isolated, so you only have the three members working together. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily the first show to do it, because I feel like Saint Seiya came out before this, and that's essentially one long tournament. It was. It was just one long tournament. It wasn't really anything But else. it's it's one of the shows that does it well. Like, DBZ has its tournaments, but I don't ever remember them lasting as long, and the characters are usually, here's this big guy. Okay, here's another big guy. Let's have him fight a small character. That's cool. Well, this has kid with yo-yos and yeah. and and drunk foo fighter. Yeah, that guy with the knife edge death match and that was, I think, the most entertaining manga or anime scene possible. Just because you see it cutting into their legs. Yeah, well, and then you you got like the guy that controls wind, and you have the the one guy who takes his armor off and gets you know his his powers so much that it like blows the stadium up and i there's just so many different characters in this that it could probably take an hour just to list them all in their different powers so i don't know if that's such a good idea yes that would be probably for another episode or three episodes we could break this down into so anyway, the last part is, well... There's the a couple last parts. Anime, it goes on into the seven... It's the Chapter Black Saga is what I've always called it. Yeah, while well, the anime goes into where they have to actually go into the Makai, the demon realms, to take care of stuff. Yeah. Of it. Yeah, there's another tournament, but it's a damn good series. I would say the weakest one is probably the Chapter Black arc, but what, the, the first time you watch it, it'll be pretty cool. I've not really been able to watch it a second time, but I think that's just because it relies so much on, like, twists that once you know the answer, it's like all the suspense is gone. It was the chapter black and then the, the last parts when they were kind of at the ending. So oh, well, see, with the last, I, I thought it was just that the manga was incomplete is what I always read. But even so, like, the last arc is not bad. It's, oh, it's, a, it's different. It's another tournament, but it's... Still pretty good. No, it's well done, and it's a nice interpretation of it, and I, it sets up a lot of the mythology behind Yusuke's background and why he's so strong. And So that gets, doesn't happen in the manga? No, it's, just... it's, it's, it's similar. The whole, his background is the same. It's just that okay. it doesn't go into the fact that he becomes king and then everything's all good and spiffy. I don't think he becomes king, though. I thought, because him and that one dude, they were too tired to finish their fight, and that one, like, big, fat demon became king. I thought it was that Yusuke had become king, and he was like, all right, I'm done after 20 years with Keiko. Okay, you're king now. Done. I don't know. So, Zan, I, I understand that we forgot a very important part of the Yu Yu Hakusho review. Yes, if you notice, this sounds slightly different. What happened was we forgot to go over the characters and a couple of other things, which makes this show awesome. So we went back, we re-recorded it, and here's a lot more stuff about Yu Yu Hakusho and why it's a good show. We didn't really explain a lot like we just said. 
oh, um, there's a spirit detective art, but we didn't really explain what a spirit detective was or why Yusuke ended up being a spirit detective or how he's able to fight these demons and whatnot. So we'll start off with the beginning, what the deal was. See, I don't even remember us mentioning spirit detective, but after we recorded, I was like, oh, fuck, we didn't talk about the powers at all. And that's like, at least for me, one of the coolest parts of the show. No, it is. It's the part which makes it interesting and fun, especially with some of the more obscure and strange powers, like Rinko's what is it? The yo-yos of death. We mentioned the yo-yos, but we didn't mention any of the main characters' powers, I believe. And for these yeah. fighting shows, the power is usually, like, the best part of the character, you know? The whole part about Goku is that he can go Super Saiyan. You know, key blasts are nothing special. But it's, like, how he does it, you know? He pulls back and says that... And so, you know, Yu Yu Hakusho, no exception, also has those little quirks about it. Pretty much, that's true. And what happens is that Yusuke, when he comes back to life, like I said earlier, Koenma brought him back to life and said, I'm going to make a deal with you. You have to work for me, and I bring you back to life. So he ends up becoming a spirit detective or a Reikai Tenchi. Pretty much his job is to, if any demons come on Earth or they cause problems, it's Yusuke's job to clean it up. But, of course, he's not alone. Botan becomes his assistant. And with this, he gets the ability to control his Reikai, or spirit energy, and his first ability he has is his most popular, which is... Reikai! Or the spirit it, gun. Yep. He concentrates energy on his right index finger, points it to you like a gun, and fires it and kills people. Oh my god. And, like, the first time he does it, it's to, like... The assistant principal or something. It's not powerful enough to kill people yet, but it gives him a pretty good whack. And they're like, what, what, somebody just hit me. Yusuke? And he's like, I'm like 40 feet away from you, dude. <laughs> There's no way it could have been me. And at first he could only use it once per day. Yeah. It sucked. Well, yeah, because then when he, because what happens is he gets all these like little special items to help him be a spirit detective. They kind of forget about him halfway through the series and bring them back at the end. But the first one that he gets is this ring that's supposed to, like, make his power in his finger even better. But, like, at a cost of he's going to be super weak for the next day or two. I don't know. He had, like, a re recuperation process. But after. they really didn't emphasize that because he used it once and it did it. Then the next time he used it, he's fine. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's one of those. It happens a lot in these shonen shows because they are so long. That they'll bring up something, but then the, the creator will forget about it. And that happens in this show, but then at the end, they he's like, Oh yeah, I had all those special spear detective items. Let's bring them back. And we never explained them all, so I can just make up some new ones. Yes, like he has the lens, which could see through stuff, and he has the, the watch, which could find demons, and then the, the compact communicator. Yeah, I don't remember how many they covered in the beginning, but I think it was like one or two, and then the idea just vanished. Pretty much, from where I got up to, which is the third box set, which is chapter black section, it just kind of disappeared. Well, yeah, it disappears, I think, shortly after they go to Maze Castle, and then it, it comes back near the end of the chapter black saga. But one of the other characters who ends up getting powers is Yusuke's rival, Kazuma Kuwabara. Through a interesting series of events, they become friends, sort of. Because when Yusuke gets his first big mission, 
Kuwabara, who can also see demons and ghosts for really no no reason. It's just it's a, because... It's a plot coupon. It's a yeah. Plot. He's like, uh, where do you think you're going, Yusuke? And, well, oh, I wish I could do Kuwabara's voice, but like, where do you think you're going, you're messy? But I, uh, that voice is un... unimitatable. I'm gonna beat you down, you punk! You hear me? Uh, who do you think you are, huh? Dirty punk! Who am I gonna fight now? Who am I gonna fight? <laughs> You're supposed to be here for me. <laughs> cool bar butts into everybody's business, and so like I don't even think he was supposed to go to Maze Castle, but he just does. Like he jumps into the the portal. That, yeah, because he's looking at Photon because she's so hot, and he overhears them like, you're not supposed to hear that, but I have to save you because you're hot. Well, I think what it was, because he learned that Yusuke was a spirit detective during the Genkai tournament, which is where he found out about his power, which is the spirit sword, and Zon thinks it's a very forgettable power, but I like it, because it's basically a super lightsaber. No, the second sword is better. The dimensional sword is well, better. Yeah, the, the dimensional sword is better, but it's just like there's so many different varieties to the spirit sword, because if it was just a sword, you know, that'd be okay. Uh, it, uh, doesn't Voltron have a sword like that? Pretty much. I, I forget which. It's like, Vorm, blazing sword! I don't know if that's Voltron or not, because I've never no, that, seen... That that is Voltron. Okay. It, but you're right, it does have the lightsaber actual sound effect when it goes on You're but goddamn the spirit sword he like cause he he has the ability to like control his energy and so he can make it longer and use it as a pole vault uh, one of my favorite ones that he does is he's being chased by like these demon dog cat things and he stabs it through all of them like a shish kebab but they still chase after him so he, he runs around in a circle and then connects them and so then it, he's like this is the spirit donut demon thing, and they're like, oh my god. Oh yeah, the, the, against um... Biako. Oh yeah, Biako, the, the cat demon who doesn't fucking die. <laughs> yeah, but he just has all, like, I know in the Dark Tournament he learns how to make it, like, do zigzags and stuff, and that's how he almost beats, is it Rinko? Yeah, Rinko he almost beats, but Rinko wins because he gets up first, and uh, Kuwabra is a moron who's yelling at Yusuke who's unconscious. Oh man, the spirit fly swatter. There's just so many different things that he does with it. And I like that a lot. Yeah. And after that, Yusuke gets his second ability. Shotgun! Oh man, yeah, the shotgun. That is so hardcore, and he uses it all the time. It's essentially, well, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a bunch of spirit gun bullets being shot all at once. Like, a shotgun is want to do. And it just looks so much better, and I think it is better than the ray gun, but the ray gun is more about accuracy, while the shotgun just will pelt everything. Yeah, well, I see, I don't know if he uses it as much, but I know he, he uses it a lot more earlier in the series, but then later when his spirit gun becomes a lot more powerful, he just relies on that, because it gets so big and it just it engulfs any, everything and essentially becomes a shotgun. Pretty much. Well, uh, he he has one other attack, the spirit wave. But that's more the martial arts style, I think, I would say. Perhaps, I don't know, we don't really need... He only uses it, like, once, so there's no point mentioning it. We can just cut that part out. 
I'll leave it in. <laughs> well, you should cut out the part of me talking about cutting it out. Maybe. I think I'll leave that in, too. Make it in. It's, it's your podcast. You do what you want with it. But and then, what is it? After that, you have... Oh, yes. His two other helpers, who are first enemies, who become friends. Hiei oh, and Karama. Yes, they're... What would you say about Hiei and Kurama, their abilities and stuff? They are two kawaii bishonins. That's their power. They make me want to make them kiss. No. Uh, <laughs> Hiei is just a very angry midget with with a Napoleon complex. Hiei where he has to kick ass. Is, he is a crazy swordsman, and he is fast as balls, but he's also, like, sinister as fuck. But, I don't know, for the most part, he doesn't have any crazy powers... I know in, like, the first couple episodes, he turns into this green thing with eyeballs all over his body. And you told me he does that more in the manga, but in the anime, he does it once. And then never again. And then it's done once in the movies. But he does have one pretty badass technique. And that is... God, what is it called? The Black Dragon Wave. Is it called the Black Dragon? I feel like it has a much cooler name. Well, the full name of it is the Jao Ensatsu Kokuru, the Tyrant King's Blazing Murdering Dragon Wave of Blackness, wow. or, or the oh, Dragon yeah. of Darkness it's, Flame. Yeah, Dragon of the Darkness Flame! Dragon That's what I was looking for, Zan. But this technique is so hardcore that it, like, breaks his arm when he does it. And so he kind of... He doesn't use that one too often until he can master it. Well, he's got this thing called the Jagan Eye, which was implanted. And it's kind of like Fist of the North Star Syndrome, where it can do whatever he wants it to do. You know, it can make him call upon flames, but you can also, like, watch people. And... Oh, hypnotize people, and he's got that whole telepathy thing, but he mainly uses it to watch over his little sister, who has the ability to make crystals from her eyes. Yeah, which is a sweet power. And then we have... Kurama. He's pretty cool, he's gay as hell, but he's got this sweet attack called the Rose Whip, and it is strong. It is... Oh my god, like, this thing can cut through anything, and it's cool because it... I don't know, his, his, his attacks are all flower-based, like, he can turn people into flowers, and that can be the way that they die. But his main attack is the Rose Whip, and it's essentially he, he just keeps a rose on his body at all time. Which is cool, because it's very portable. And then when he wants to fuck shit up, he turns it into a big whip. And, like, it can cut through stone and, I don't know, just about anything, really. But he's got this other form. Uh, is it Yokai Karama? Yeah, the Yokai, the, the Demon Fox Karama, yeah. And that is the one that makes the fangirls squeal. I never cared for Yokai Karama. Probably because I'm not a fangirl. At least, not for Karama. I, I save that for Crispin Freeman. Yeah. My, my fangirling, I mean. Oh okay. my god! I'm, I'm looking at the thing, I did not know this. Megumi Haishibara played younger Genkai. Yeah, she did in the tournament. And Genkai, as we said, is the person who trains Yusuke in during the, the first case that Yusuke worked on, which is this whole tournament, to become Genkai's assistant. She teaches him the secrets of the spirit wave, which I said earlier, which is essentially just makes you super badass and super cool. Oh my god, and the guy who played Yusuke played Tetsuo in Akira. I nice! Oh. 
I did not. He was, he was and Johan in Monster. He was also was he? He was Dende in Dragon Ball. He was Desert Punk. Where is and, he? Oh, I'm looking at the English voice. Oh, I was gonna. I, I'm on the wiki. I'm on the wiki too, but I'm looking at the English voice, not the Japanese voice. Ah, uh, uh, Japanese. Yeah, voice. Justin yeah, Cook was, plays a lot of people. Yeah, he was Johan. He was Mellow. He was. He's on that '70s show. <laughs> nice. Um, so who else are we forgetting? We're forgetting someone. Oh yes, the the King of Hell or Assistant King of Hell. Oh, Koenma. Yes, he's pretty cool. He's got this pacifier, and he's like storing energy in it for a million years or something. Does he ever use it? I don't can't remember. He uses it in the Chapter Black Saga, but it does not do too well. But the only thing I really wanted to mention about him is he does this thing in the Dark Tournament where he turns into an adult, and he's like, Hey, I'm Koenma, and I'm very cool. Yeah, he does. He turns into Koenma because he doesn't want kid people to laugh at him. And then when he gets to the door to his private suite, he turns back into a little kid, and he's like, I like being this because I can move faster. Yeah, well, it probably takes less energy, too. Yeah, and he's always with his friend. I think his name is George. Oh my god, George the Ogre is, like, one of the reasons to watch this show. I mean, one of the several, several reasons to watch it, but George is so funny, especially when he, like, wears his... I don't know, he wears, like, a superhero costume in one of the episodes, or a series of episodes. Oh yeah, when he's... Uh, okay, yeah, Pete... George is, like, is the Costello to the Abbott and Costello of... Oh my god. Koenma. He's the comic relief. Yeah. Well, because he's just an ogre in a loincloth. And, and he constantly tries to... He's Koenma's bitch. Yeah. He really is. So, you wanted to mention the Taguros, I think? Oh, yeah, since besides the other heroes and all the other minor characters, like Kurabura's sister and his mom, who's probably a whore... And Pooh, who we really don't need. Oh, Pooh! You have the villains, the antagonists of the series, and the only ones which are truly noteworthy are the Taguros and, I'm going to say, Sensui. Yeah, that's that's about right. We mentioned their first appearance. The Taguros, what what they do is they, they faked their death because they were working for this other dude, and they come back and they want Yusuke to join this tournament, which, the Dark Tournament. And what happens is that they show that each of their abilities, how strong they are. Like, the the younger Tagoro, who looks like he's the older brother, in my opinion. I always thought he was the big brother. But he has the ability, he's a weak demon, that he doesn't have any magic ability, but he could control his muscle power. So he could use up to 100% and kill things, and he's usually only at, like, 20 to 30%. Oh my god, Tagoro, he is like... I used to be able to do a wicked Tagoro impression... <laughs> He's like, this is only 20% of my power. <laughs> and he, like, punched a building. And he also destroyed another thing. And let me see who he is, because the voice sounds familiar. Hold on. He is a crazy, crazy man. Oh, he was Cell. That's why I knew that voice. Oh, my God, that's perfect. That is so befitting of Cell. He's the voice of Cell, and also he is the voice of Scar from Full Metal Alchemist. That one's... I mean, Scar kind of looks like Taguro. You know, I read on a website, it was Anime Explosion, and it said, Coming from the biggest fan of Cowboy Bebop ever, I can safely say that FMA is the best anime ever made. And I was like, what? 
I don't know, dude. Like, FMA was okay. But best ever? No. Yeah, I don't know about those anime explosion guys. They make me wonder. <laughs> but, uh, what is it? Then there's the older brother, who looks like the younger brother, who is just really... He looks like he's an anorexic skeleton who can turn his body into a sword or a arm sheath or god knows what else. He, he, he is a shapeshifter and he is crazy. Because, like, he can't die... And so even when they kill him, he, like, still comes back. And it gets to the point where, like, Sensui is keeping his head in a jar. He then... what? Yeah, that doesn't he get eaten by that one guy? Yeah, something ends up happening to him where he, like, has to live an eternity of torture and pain because, I don't know, Kurama is a, is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, so pay attention to the Chiguros. They are awesome and... The last person who we said we've been talking about is Shinobu Sensui, who is, like Yusuke, well, he was a spirit detective who kind of went crazy, if I remember correctly. He went completely insane. I See, I don't know... I remember the first time I watched it, I wasn't that affected. Maybe I was watching an edited version of the show. But he ends up walking into these demons getting tortured in such a brutal fashion that he just goes insane. Because it's like, I'm supposed to be protecting humans from demons. Like, that's my job, but who's supposed to protect the demons from us? And he just can't take it. So he flips out and leaves and he steals the chapter black tape, which is a videotape with every bad thing ever on it. And it must be like the longest movie in the world. It probably is. It also He also developed DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder, or as it used to be called, multiple personality disorder. He's got these, like, seven personalities. One's gay, and one is... What is it? One's gay, one's violent, one's depressed, and the other one is... There's a lot of them. I don't remember if they went into all of them in the show or the manga, but he's completely batshit crazy. And it's like every time he comes across something that he can't handle, another personality is created to handle that part. And the best one... I think his name is Kazuo, and it's like he's got a gun for an arm and a very foul mouth, and he just, oh my god, he lays into Yusuke like nothing else. He does, and he almost kicks his ass completely. Yes. Yeah. For his voice actor, he's actually the voice of Hyodo from Beck. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't expect that. I don't remember which one that was. Nah, doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> So, after that, there's really no other noteworthy, even in the Makai arc, the strongest of the th- three kings, there isn't really anyone really... Well, there's there's cool characters, but I think that that arc is only like 12 episodes long. It's not very lengthy at all. And, I don't, I don't know, it's just, it wasn't long enough to really have the impact that the other arcs had, and so, I don't know. But there is a character named Yoda. <laughs> is there... Mm-hmm. And that's what makes... He's the announcer for the Demon World Tournament. Oh, my God. And that is why Yu Yu Show is awesome. <laughs> the the character named Yoda. That's why people should watch it. No, just all these characters, they make this show what it is, and they're the predecessor for all these other fighting shows. We have all the Motley crew, and this is the basis for it. I don't care. People say, oh, there's earlier stuff, but no. You base it off of this. Like I said, what was it? What episode... 
it was, I think, an episode ago or two episodes ago, I was comparing characters to Yusuke and... Yeah, it was... Uh, wasn't it my show, Bleach and Yu Yu Hakusho? Yeah, it was Bleach. I was comparing it. Like, you could see the arch... Use these characters as the archetypes for all of them. You, you know, you have the Koenma character, who's the boss. You have the the Botan, who's the, the informative person. You have the arch nemesis slash friend... Yeah, it's definitely very influential anime. I think people should watch or read this if they have not done so already. They should. And if you don't like it after watching it, well, then you could burn in the <laughs> pits of hell. Well, I mean, if they don't like it, they're going to know early on, and they're not going to waste a whole lot of money because it's like the first box set's like $25, and if you don't like it, you just spent $25. I mean, really? You got like... 30 episodes for that. Not a big deal. Yeah, and the manga is relatively cheap. It's $9, and if by the third volume you're not happy, then you're not going to read it. But it's, it's well, good. The manga's a little more spendy, because if you want to buy the whole manga, it's going to be almost 200 bucks. But if you want the whole anime, it's only 100 Well, they do have the manga, the briefcase, you could buy. But... Oh, they have, a Yu Yu, they have a Yu Yu Hakusho briefcase? They did. It's on eBay. Well, that means it's going to be insanely expensive, but they did have it at one point. Okay. Well, yeah, you could always find it on eBay. I'd, usually pretty cheap. eBay. I'm going to look that up. Yu Yu Hakusho lot. Uh, eBay. It is the... the oh, the, yeah, the the movies. I don't know. Uh, well, it's on here somewhere. Mention quickly the movies. The first hey, movie I've never seen. The second one I own on VHS with the really bad dub. Yeah, yeah. There's there's two movies and an OVA. Well, technically two OVAs. The first movie is about thirty minutes long. It's just like another episode of the show. It's pretty good. It's not you know must see, but if you like the anime, then why not watch it? It I think they sold it in a half set with Ninku, which I think is directed by the same guy, which is probably why it's in there. And then there's Poltergeist Report, which I believe came first over here. And so the voice actors are different, as in the other movie. And it's, I think it's like an hour and a half. It's pretty good. It's probably one of the best anime movies based on a long TV series that you could watch. I read somewhere that this is the anime movie that you judge all the other ones off of. At least for ones based off a TV series. This has the ultimate final attack of all their powers combining to just kill Hades. Oh, it's like the Power Rangers. Pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, definitely, it doesn't compare up to, you know, like, a Satoshi Kon or Miyazaki movie, but, like, the, the DBZ movies or the Bleach movies. It's, it's like, you would compare it to one of those. There's also an OVA, and goddammit, if you can find it, you are a lucky, lucky person. I managed to watch... At least the parts I cared about on somebody's website forever ago. I don't remember how to get a hold of it. But not much goes on. Most of it is music videos. Like, it'll be like the opening theme, but with clips of whichever character it's based on. And then there's a couple little shorts in there. And those shorts are very funny. And I don't know if they're worth the trouble that you're going to go through to try and find them. But they are on MegaAnimeDVD.com. Oh, yeah, they, they're probably a lot easier to get a hold of now, but I, when I was in high school, even finding them on eBay was hard. But when this in this day and age, you can find just about anything. But 
They're pretty good. They got, I think there's like one where Yusuke has to marry Hiei or something. I don't know. It's a lot of like really weird five minute shorts. And I would say if you like the show, try and find it if you, if, if you can find it within a half hour. If it takes you any longer, don't bother. I wish Funimation would bring that over because I'd like to purchase that. Kind of like a, it's, my journey has finally ended. But well, they're too busy releasing the Negima spring OVAs and reboxing Icky Tosen. I'm I love I like Nagima, but I hate the new Gima question mark series. It, they took the original concept and threw it out the window. Yeah, because it's not a bad series. It's pretty good, even though it's harem to the. It's it's not harem. It's really. Ken Akamatsu. It's probably harem. Don't kid yourself, Zon. Yes, um, but you have lots of violence and whatnot, and it's not like. Ken Akumatsu love Hina violence. It's like a guy gets impaled by a sword. Yeah, doesn't doesn't like a character die in the end? Uh, in the anime, in the first anime, yes. In the manga, several characters have died at this point. Oh, jeez. You probably, I mean, I guess, I don't care about spoiling Nagima, but if you want to take that out, I can understand. No, Nagima, that I am going to wait for on the... Nagima episode, which will happen eventually. Uh, That'll be probably after the GTO, Gravitation, and possibly the... Gravitation. It's the only Shonen Eye I could stand. Uh, I really like me some Kiri Papa. After uh, I know Kusabi, I have completely lost all faith. I know Kusabi. My ex-girlfriend was obsessed with that movie. What about, uh... Oh, what is it called? My Sexual Harassment... Never watched it. I heard about it. I was like, no, no. Oh worries. yeah, cool. Uh, another Kiri Papa came out. I'm into that. Uh, so now we'll now I think that's we've covered that. So we'll take you back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Yeah, cur- currently in progress. <laughs> but either way, we can go on and on about this. But art style, well. The manga art style starts off kind of rough. I'm not going to lie. It's rough even for 90s manga. It's rough. (laughs) But it's enjoyable, and it gets a little better. A lot of the characters are very uniquely designed. There's no carbon copy. This character is going to be the same as this character. Everyone is diverse. Everyone is different. You can always distinguish between the characters, and overall writing style is pretty good. Pretty damn good anime style is just... There's no complaints. See, with the anime, yeah, the style's fine. I'm just, I've always liked the anime more than the manga. I don't know if it's because I watched the anime first, but there's just, like, tried to read the manga after having watched the anime, and I couldn't do it. I made it to the end of the Dark Tournament, and then I just stopped. I just powered through it, and I just considered them both two different versions of the same story, and that's why I was able to finish it. And for that reason overall, I have to give this Yu Yu show really, really, really fucking cool. If you do not buy this right now, if you don't rent the anime, if you don't go to your bookstore and pick it up or download it or fan sub it, your blood will dry out, your brain will freeze, and your soul will be forfeit to the great Zoma Gustar. <laughs> this is one of the best animes and mangas to purchase. You can't go wrong with it. It's a good one to introduce people to. And- that is true, actually. I was dating this girl, and she hated anime, but she was okay with some Yu Yu Hakusho. 
It's just because it starts off like not like a regular anime. It's not okay. I'm going to have superpowers and fight. The whole opening is all. It's the opening stories are all emotional stories, which gets you immersed in this world and makes you sympathize with Yusuke's plight. Kids, something else. What what does not get a thing are the terrible, terrible video game adaptations. Now, I'm not talking about the old school ones. They had some ones for Sega and Super Nintendo that were not too shabby, but good luck trying to find playable copies, in America no less. But there were two games made over here. One of them was called Spirit Detective. It was for the Game Boy Advance. It was, I don't know, it felt like they were trying to to do a Legacy of Goku thing. I think it might have been the same production team, but... It was the same engine, and it was okay, but it was just kind of... I... I don't know. No, it was, like I said, I give it okay. I would say if... I would say play it before you play the Dark Tournament game. Yeah. But it's still, I think... I'm I'm guessing that Legacy of Goku 2 had not come out yet, because Legacy of Goku 2 was good. I really... I haven't gone back recently to play it, so maybe it's just nostalgia, but I remember it being very good, and number one, being okay if you're a fan... And the the Yu Yu Hakusho game is a lot more similar to Legacy of Goku, the first one. But the PS2 game is not good. It's not even kind of good. Even if you are a hardcore fan, like you you can trick yourself into liking it for a while. But I don't know. This game is just so poorly done. No, it's it's an anime fighting game. It's what you would expect. Pretty much, it's all you could really say about it. The older games were, as you, a lot more fun. The characters had a lot more styles. So, like Yusuke, there were two different Yusukes you could play as. You could play as regular Yusuke, then play as him as the yokai, which was cool. You had Taguro, you had Keiko even as a playable character. Well, what was cool about the the thing you just mentioned is when you played against Sensui in round one, you two would be normal, but then in round two, you'd be in your powered up forms. And I hadn't gotten that far in the anime yet, and so I was like, what is this? Oh my god! But I know that those ones can be found in ROM form, if you look hard enough. I don't know about now, I know I had a hard trouble finding them, you know, when I was in high school, you know, like six years ago, so I don't know how easily they are to find now, but it's it's the only way you're going to play these games unless you have a Japanese Super Nintendo or Sega. But... I feel like they were better because of the limitations. Because it's like, there's only so much you could do to a video game back then. And so it's like it's it's still possible to screw it up, but I think it was a lot harder. Because it there is. wasn't as much complicated coding involved. So for this... I think it might be that time, Zon. Oh yes, it's that time. Well, before that I should give, of course, the lovely and wonderful news on the different polls we have. We still have our design an opening, design a closing, and design a promo. You can check those out at the website, spirekin.podbean.com. But, of course, it's a time for the one, the only, do it for me, the Wheel of Manga! Perfect. So, for those who don't know, the Wheel of Manga is one and only... Pretty much what it is, it's a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots. And what I have done is I have chosen 10 titles to put on the Wheel of Manga. And I'm going to spin the Wheel of Manga, whatever number it lands on. That's what I'm reviewing for the next episode of the Spirekin Manga Review. So let's hear what's going to be. Nice spin. 
number oh. two. For number two on the list, I am going to review for number 47, Mahoromatic. Oh, no. So I get to read about big boobied teachers trying to sleep with their underage students. But they only have a specific time limit to do it. Cause they will die. Oh, yeah, because she's going to die or something. And so believe that's it for this episode. I mean, there is a lot more we could talk about. There's a lot more. Don't get me wrong, but... That kind of stuff is left for my podcast, where there are no restraints. We talk about Bleach for an hour and 15 minutes and spoil yes. the entire series. We've said... I said just about everything I wanted to say in regards to trivia. Yeah, so pretty much we're set with this episode, I think. So that's about it. So, as usual, hope you enjoy. If you have any questions, email me at spirecan at gmail.com or call me at 206-426-6665. That number again is 206-426-MONK. I am on Twitter. I am on Xbox Live under Zan Spirekin. And check us out at spirekin.podbean.com. And be sure to check me out at www.fightbait.com. We try to put out about two episodes a week. Sometimes that doesn't happen, but... We release podcasts every Tuesday and most Thursdays. Also be sure to join the forums, www.fightbait.com slash forums. And I guess you can also find me on anime3000.com where I am the anime editor. So, yeah, I think, did I mention that we're looking for writers? Because if I didn't, you could send me writing samples and why you think you'd make a great addition to the Anime 3000 staff at fightbait at gmail.com. Yep, and that's about it for this episode. I believe we're done. There's not much else. So, yes, we're going on this Saturday. We're going to be covering 20 through 11 of the top 50 anime openings, closings of all time, and we're still guessing what number one's going to be. So, send me your emails on what you think it is. What do you think I'm going to have for number one? Any songs? Uh, what is your prediction? Well, see, some of the songs you put at the beginning, I was like, what? Why aren't those in the top ten? But I'm thinking probably. Something from Cowboy Bebop. Might be. Might. It might be. Might not be. We'll see. Because there's a, there's a couple songs which are tied for first, and I'm still waiting on a couple of votes. I mean, or, one person even voted on, surprisingly, I, Haruhi. I, Haruhi. Maybe Duvet. That's a that good might, one. That might that might be number one. We'll see. So, as usual, the Spark and Mongo View, and I'm your host, Zon. I was fight, babe. And we are Gonsville. <laughs>